Welcome to Smart Branding, a podcast dedicated to branding, naming, and domain names. I'm Tatiana Bono, and with my guests, we try to help you create and grow strong, memorable, and meaningful brands online. I believe time is one of our most precious assets, and so I want to thank you in advance if you decide to spend the next 30 minutes with us. I promise to do my best to make those worth it. Let's go. So welcome to our guest today, Luis Haiti a global executive leadership coach. Uh, she has coached entrepreneurs across 27 countries in five languages and has worked with numerous companies where she helps leaders enhance performance and make meaningful differences in their companies, lives, and the world, ultimately. Thank you for taking the time. It's wonderful having you here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Great to connect. Let's start with a bit of a background. And I mean, yours is especially impressive. So yeah, tell me, tell me all about those countries and languages. Yeah, well, I'm from Belgium originally. So, you know, we have to speak languages. Otherwise, you know, <laughs> our, our worlds are pretty limited to, you know, Belgium and the Netherlands. So languages is a big part of it. But yeah, it's from a young age that I, that I just, I'm very interested in different cultures and meeting people from around the globe. So uh, as soon as I had to... You know, the okay from uh, from my father, I, I left and uh, I went uh, to England first. Uh, so I lived and worked in London for quite a while. And then we traveled with Tucatcento to New York. Um, and very recently, we arrived here in Portugal for uh, just another adventure. Wonderful. So and how, how did that work out professionally? Professionally, well, very good. Uh, because I speak so many languages, that's kind of what got me into my first role in uh, in London, uh, which was a huge challenge because English was, of course, not my first uh, my first language, and having to speak that all the time is mm. a is a challenge in and of itself. Uh, but it was just an amazing experience working with people from across the globe. It was an international organization. Uh, or 26 uh, offices around the world. So I was constantly speaking with someone from, you know, from Philadelphia or from Manila mm-hmm. or wherever it might be. Um, so it was just very aligned to what I wanted. Um, mm-hmm. Although I was living in London day in, day out, I was actually conversing or in conversation with people from um, from all different backgrounds and all different um, nationalities. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and so there I uh, I was able to grow and get onto the leadership ladder pretty quickly. So I became the youngest uh, operations manager within the company of all times. You know, oh. big accomplishments, but also comes with a very big responsibility at a young age. Um, so yeah. I think that's really been the foundation that was built there for what I'm doing today. Mm. And how did you lead oh how yeah how did you get to what you're doing today so you mentioned you had that role uh in london and and there's another question i want to ask there that i haven't thought about but now that you mentioned it you know um going to a place where you don't uh, or you speak the language but it's not your first language uh climbing up that corporate ladder do you feel there's a lot uh, said a lot to be said about women in the corporate world do you did you feel it was harder because you were a woman. What was the experience? Um, my experience was I got I got very lucky. Let's put it that way. I got very lucky because my my manager 
Um, and, you know, I was still young and it was actually my manager who approached me for the first promotion. And he said, you know, I think you should apply at a time mm. where I was still like, really? Uh, but is it not <laughs> too soon yet? Should I really do that? So if I would have not had my manager behind me and actually making that suggestion to me, um, it's very likely that I would have waited until I thought it was an appropriate time. Mm. Um, and I think that's perhaps a little bit of the difference between the woman being a little bit more cautious. Um, but because I had that strong male force behind me, I was, um, yeah, I did just that. And although I didn't get the role at that time, I got the role four months later. And that's, mm. you know, that just took my career within that organization. Out. Um, mm. Of course, there is also a, hard, a lot of hard work and a lot of learning involved, right? So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah just because you know you got the like you said you got lucky or you got that opportunity you still have to match that with with um your performance yeah yeah but i think that performance it's something consistently and i think that's very important that that you're a consistent performer it's definitely also something that i was looking for in my team and a question that i was constantly asking myself and like how can i get the best out of the team on a daily basis, not like in highs and in, in highs mm -hmm. and lows, but like consistently across the board. Um, but yeah, yeah, having experienced myself, the power of having um, this advocate or this manager that believes in you and stands behind you is another like reason why I do what I do right now. Because sometimes it just takes one person to believe in you to really um, take off. Mm. Tell me what you do now. So right now I run a leadership consultancy. So I work with, um, I work with entrepreneurs. I also work with uh, businesses where I coach their executive leadership team. Um, and so for every individual, it's very bespoke to program because we all have different, different problems, different obstacles that we need to overcome and also different goals. And my main aim really in working with them is helping leaders to achieve their goals and to become the best version of themselves. Mm. And that's professionally, but also personally. And I mean, you, you said that's individually and as a team. Does that, how, how does that work? How does no, the process it's, work? It's, it's a team, like as in, like, for example, the executive team, but I coach individually. I coach one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. when you have an executive team that's being coached, the ripple throughout the organization mm -hmm. is just so much so much stronger absolutely i can i can imagine and i have another question there but let's just touch on um since my focus is on naming and branding and you decided to sort of brand yourself as yourself it's it's your name it's your domain name is your name you you kind of uh, that's how you present yourself to the world what's the reasoning there and how is it working out for you? Yeah, that's a very good question. And uh, I must say that was not my first choice. So I uh, did go through a couple of iterations. Um, initially, I really wanted a brand. Um, the initial name that I was that I had was Level Up Coaching. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason I changed is because, um, because I thought it gave me too many constraints you know, the level mm -hmm. up coaching and, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, as my own name, I think every individual or that's, that's the aim of course, is that we continue to grow and develop. And so I finally chose on just my name so that brands could grow and develop alongside of me. Mm. 
And that's interesting that, I mean, I've had a few podcasts now and it, it seems to be becoming a trend where people get their name as, as their domain name and set up their own brand in a way to exactly, I think the common thing there is that freedom that it gives you, that you can do many things and you're not limiting yourself to one thing because if you have to narrow yourself into whatever it is, the, the name immediately you start thinking, okay, what's the audience? What does that name has to communicate? What would they want to hear? What do I need to communicate as a story and you know about what I do? Whereas... Um, as you mentioned, with with your name, it, it, you can do anything, and it's it's you. Yeah, yeah. It's also from a, from an impact perspective. I I work with people one on one, and although I my my biggest mission is to is to be able to enhance the lives of as many people as possible, but we also have to stay reasonable. Um, and like in my work, I like to to deep work so to really focus and go deeper into um an obstacle for example um what comes across very often is for example procrastination um self-confidence those are the topics that we dive really deep into um i feel if you then have more of a brand name that's that's not necessarily my name it becomes very hard to stay consistent um in mm. what it actually is that you do um, I feel that's then more to offer a program or a package, but that's just what I do not want because every individual has different needs. So I don't want to give a package um, that might not be exactly what they need. Mm. Which is what I, I see a lot of people do. There is like, they even have like, well, that's what we're going to do, this step, this step, this step, da, 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 da. And I quite like that I saw on uh, on your website that there wasn't anything like that. It, it was literally like, it's really adapted to every individual. Yeah, yeah. And, and how it works is like for... We, we first have a consultation, a session, and we kind of get an idea of what it is that the individual wants to get out of being coached, get out of this journey. Um, and then around that, I will make a proposal of like, this is, you know, this is a possible sequence, but mm -hmm. it's flexible, right? And it's really adapted to helping this person, person reach their goals rather than, yeah, something mm -hmm. that's fixed and that might not necessarily align. So... You're doing the coaching really like bespoke individual to every person. At the same time, you, you, I would imagine you're meeting a lot of people, coaching a lot of people. Have you noticed any, anything that is very like common as a mistake executives make? Yeah, I think the most common mistakes is that we give everything to our work and we forget about ourselves in the, in the process mm. um, and our own endeavors or our own little passions. And suddenly we arrive to a stage where we do none of that. And I think that's, um, yeah, that's, that's one of the first things that I will work on because obviously there's a, there's a misalignment at that stage. Um, I have people come to me and say, you know, I'm, I'm really active or I used to be. It's been like 10 years, uh, since mm -hmm. I, you know, last went for a run, but I really love running. Um, mm -hmm. and that's the first thing that we will focus on and how can we, look at the schedule at the calendar and and create some time, even if it's just half an hour. Um, mm. Because I truly um, believe, and I've seen that, see um, wild results as well, that if you focus on something that you personally are passionate about, it also gives back into your work. Um, and so it might translate into a greater focus, for example, or higher productivity when you're actually at work 
if you have that balance between also doing something that brings you personal joy or growing that personal passion. Mm, definitely. I can, I can, and I love that phrase you have on the website. Are you as happy as you're successful? It's really like very on point. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's true. I mean, I've been there too, right? <laughs> yeah. I had absolutely. all the titles that I needed, but was I really happy? <laughs> the answer is no. Um, so it's really taking a look at that. Also, a lot of the executives, executives are obviously have, um, have been high performing for a very long time and we build certain constructs and they always say, what brought you here won't get you there. And so there's mm-hmm. always a stage where we just get stuck. Um, and that's often the stage where I have some people that I worked with that were on the brinks of, of, um, of quitting their job because they're like, it's, it's not working anymore for me, but mm. doing the work and kind of rewiring some of the neural pathways. Um, also looking at what happened in the past and kind of putting that in a new, new light or looking at that from a different perspective, really mm. just, you know, helps them thrive and overcome whatever that obstacle was. Um, mm. So yeah, it's, it's beautiful what can be done with like in a six month coaching journey. Mm, I was going to ask you, yeah, what, how, how long? I'm sure it's individual as well, but like on average, how long does a coaching program take? Yeah, I mean, I would say a minimum, a minimum of six months, uh, just because there's, there's a lot of new tools, um, that are being shared that you implement. Of course, the tools are all, um, towards what you need in that moment, towards what's discussed in the coaching session. So again, there's not a set of tools. It's all tools that are specific to you. Um, but six months, because it takes some time to implement it. Um, mm-hmm. In the beginning, we're all very excited to start implementing. And then, you know, we go through the little roller coaster. Um, so I think six months is, is a solid start. Um, I have entrepreneurs and executives that I keep on supporting, um, that I have been supporting for more over a year. But then the frequency of conversations reduces a little bit. So rather than mm-hmm. twice a month, we speak, for example, once a month. And that's mm-hmm. yeah, that's perfect. Wonderful. And um, yeah, I would imagine you would need some sort of a getting back on track, on, on focus to whatever it was. And, and you mentioned rewiring and setting or creating new new habits, uh, etc. That all really helps. Um, the example you gave with um, that... Um, that colleague co-worker you had or uh, when you first started your career that was yeah that was that helped you out and and so that I guess having somebody that you can you know ping an email to or, or have a chat or you know you're looking forward to that even if it's like once in however long it does give you that feeling of you're not alone in it I guess and also of accountability I would imagine that I mean we're very easy to kind of give up on ourselves on our own yeah I mean having having a stressful job like being an executive most of the time or being an entrepreneur um most of the time they also parents so there's also children so there's a busy work life and there's also so busy personal life it's also that one hour of coaching is like is a time to sort through all the thoughts that have been like going on in their minds mm. it also gives them a moment uh, to reflect on like what's been happening in the past two weeks like what's working what's not working and you know what do i want to focus on going forward so it's it's really a sacred time just to yeah, like take a deep mm. breath and and have new uh, new energy, renewed energy to um to move forward. Mm. We we touched on 
the most common mistake you mentioned, um, but I, I kind of want to dig a little bit more there because you're coaching men and women. And I'm really curious whether there is a difference. Like, I mean, I have a feeling there is, but I'm sure you, you're probably going to have more to say on that. Um Honestly, there's not, you know, no? there's, we, no, no, we're, we're just all human. And, and what I've noticed across the board is that we're, and, you know, we all have very similar obstacles that we mm. want to, uh, whether it's a man or whether it's a woman. Um, I think at the, at the start of a, uh, of a coaching journey, I believe the men just have needs a little bit more time sometimes to, to bring that level of vulnerability towards a conversation. Mm -hmm. Whereas women are a little bit more open from the get go to bring that vulnerability once, you know, the trust is established and which is mm -hmm. also just important for bet for both men and women. Um, but other than that, no, there, there is not a difference. We're, we're all human, whether we're men or women, mm. we're all human beings. And so, yeah, there's no distinction. Mm. There's no distinction. Cause there is, I mean, I mean, I, I, there, there is a lot of, um, different articles and different information on, um, on like, uh, I know how to negotiate with people from whatever and how to talk to people from whatever, like based on countries and continents and, uh, I know age, even all sorts of things like that. And I've always thought that, I'd, I'd, do you know what I mean? I'd, like, I'm not sure I'd, I'd believe in all that. I think there is probably some difference in that, which is, Glad I'm glad to say that I feel it's disappearing. But the, the, I, I used to when I was younger, I used to feel there is that. Um, I think you mentioned it at the beginning, where when you're told like, "Oh, you can have that promotion." Uh, I mean, I feel like a woman would be more like, "Really? Did I? Did I really? Am I ready for that? Did I deserve that? What happened there?" And a man would be more confident in, "Okay, I obviously earned it." But even that, I feel, is starting to change. But yeah, I guess in in at the basis of it, like you said, we're, we're all humans, and if if somebody is authentic um, and and honest and open, it's it it should be about yeah the same. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I I work with people from across the globe as well, so people that live everywhere. I think the 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 key is and what's sometimes missing. Um, in professional in the professional world but also the personal world is just good communication um, mm. we forget how to actually communicate and from mm. what place to communicate to there's also so many judgments um that we have that are not necessarily our own but that we constantly hear that the media is feeding us and mm. so when we go into a professional relationship with for example, somebody from another country straight away, it's already, you know, for example, oh, but it's the Americans, X, Y, Z, but it's all the stereotypes mm -hmm. that we like recall. Mm -hmm. And it's like a way of protecting ourselves. Um, but it's just not necessary. And once you're actually, I, I very often work on communication and work on establishing a personal relationship. And once that's there, you know, we don't think anymore like, oh, but they're from America or they're from India or no, like that all falls away. They're just, mm -hmm. you know, X, Y, Z and that's it. Um, so, mm -hmm. and I think that's incorporating that of, of creating a little bit more space for that in the, in the workplace will, you know, just also greatly help because although we're there for work, 
we are still humans after all, and we have our mm. personal needs and we need a sense of belonging and we need psychological safety. And that's established in those personal conversations, not necessarily purely the KPI focused conversations. Mm. Absolutely. How has the technology affected all that? How do you feel? Uh, communication. Mm. And and oh, communication, but, but also the, the effect through the communication, the way we communicate. And you just mentioned uh, hearing like there's access to so much information and, and people are taking everything so personally, where it's so impersonal to share information on the internet nowadays. Like it's so much easier. I don't feel that somebody posting somewhere on the internet, regardless whether it's about a company or person, would in 100% do the same if they were doing it face-to-face, So, but we still take it on as if it is. So the effect on that, on people, and especially uh, your coaching executive, so I would imagine you have like that even more pressure because you're obviously managing a brand, you're managing a business, you have your personal life, you have your you know family, friends, uh, investors, whatever. So yeah, how, how has, I mean, do you feel technology has improved that or can improve that in any way or more the opposite? Well, I think, I think technology has its place and it's great, A, right? So... <laughs> Uh, but I think just in in general, we we're getting so comfortable with with sending texts and mm. Slack messages, and and very often when when we feel hurt, when feelings are hurt, it's through one of these you know short messages where mm. we're creating a story beyond what was actually said, what the words were said. So oh, yeah. there's just <laughs> one simple line, yet we we make a full interpretation of what this means. And so, and, and there's half our stories around that. Mm. Well, it was just one simple line that was that was shared with us. Um, and we forget to, you know, we be, became scared almost to actually have contact with people, like pick up the phone, not another Slack message, not another email, mm. pick up the phone, speak to each other. And that's where technology comes in and technology makes it great. Because for example, on, on Slack, he can straight away, uh, create a video call. There is Zoom. There's, there's, you know, there's WhatsApp video. There's so many ways we can actually speak to each other. Yet I feel the safety net has been to just text endlessly. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm. so that's definitely a change that I'm trying to do because speaking with someone is just completely different than than emailing. It's you know, it's so much easier and so much more um, like organic, right? That mm. you get to. Know someone um what mm, i very absolutely. often hear is like those coffee chats that we used to have in the office and for people that are working remotely that are not happening anymore it's about mm. recreating those times of like you you would just have a chat with someone at a coffee station now that that's not there anymore let's recreate it by actually getting to speak mm. to someone with, with video on or video off but just live right? Rather mm. than just text. Absolutely. I was talking to, I had a guest who, um, they, they are a startup who provides tools for podcasters. And we were talking about the, that, how voice is, I guess, re-becoming a thing because there was radio and, um, there, I mean, it was a thing even before the internet. Um, but definitely, and I, I was telling you before we started the podcast, the difference that, uh, because we did a lot of interviews just in writing, it's such a huge difference. You get such a feeling from the person 
by talking to them, even even if you ask them the same questions, that never is the same as, you know, writing is just a one side thing, whereas talking to somebody, it's a it's a live communication and it's it's so much more powerful and you get to talk about so many things that you didn't even think you were gonna get to talk to. Yeah. Absolutely. And and also that that story that I talked about that you know you create mm. in your own mind. You know, it takes yeah. away energy. And and for, mm. you know, I, I've heard stories of people sitting on that for like six months, for a year, like, oh or what? You're actually damaging yourself. And by just one simple conversation, it could just be all resolved. Mm. And so, yeah, I think more of that would, would make a big impact for, you know, for yourself in the first place and saving more energy or having more energy to dedicate towards the things that really matter. Definitely. Yeah, that that, that thing with the story that really, really speaks to me because um, my now husband, before he became a husband, he's like very short on words when writing. But like, so we would have, we were chatting from a distance for a long time and we would have those, like when he's sitting in front of the computer or the phone, he could write like a novel but then, like, if he's doing something else, he's not there. But I didn't know that at the time. And, like, every time there was a short message, as just exactly as you said, I would be, like, sometimes, and especially if it takes a long time before the next one, the things that I would make up in my head, it was just crazy. We just, we cannot live with the unknown. So we fill it up with always the worst things, like never the better mm-hmm. things that you can imagine. Yes, yes. <laughs> so yeah so so it's like yeah in in coaching we help look at different perspectives um i also really help people look at the perspectives of the other person for example your now husband it's like oh like what was he doing at the time that he was texting you think and you know thinking about this a little bit further and you know oh he was probably working but he didn't want to leave me hanging so you know, but we we take a look at what other possibilities there are besides that one specific story that we keep on <laughs> telling ourselves constantly. And the more we tell it to ourselves, the bigger it gets until we're like, oh, we got to take action. But it's actually not really, you know, mm. necessarily the, the most informed decision that we're making in those times. Mm. Yeah. Like you said, we, we have a lot of biases that, uh, yeah, that, that um, funnily enough, I, I I think I posted a thing about biases today on LinkedIn. So that's that's kind of the universe is listening. We're talking about biases. <laughs> uh, yeah. What was I gonna say? So who can reach out to you? What what type of is there like a, a certain level of success you have to have or position or organization or who who would be like a perfect fit for working with you? Yeah, I I would say I work best with people that, you know, that are high achievers, high performers and and have big goals. That's Mm. who I work best with. Wonderful. And how can they reach you? What's the best way? Uh, How they can email me. They can reach out through the website. Um, Yeah. In so many ways, there's LinkedIn, there's (laughs) Twitter. There's Instagram, like, um, but I would say whatever mode they find most confident with. Um, so yeah, if that's email, it's uh, hello at louisheite.com. They can shoot me an email. And uh, as I said, like everyone that is interested, I always offer like a first deep coaching session of an hour. Sometimes it lasts an hour and a half, which is like free of charge, but really to give, to help give people an insight on what coaching really is 
what impact mm. it could have on their life. Because I feel, and also, of course, if we're alignment and, and if we're a match, because that's, mm-hmm. that's really important to me. So mm. you're never really going in blind, as, as we say, on your journey. You, yeah, get to experience it in the first session before deciding to continue. Mm. And something that I just thought of now, because um, obviously people who feel like um, they can benefit from coaching, from your services, they can reach out. But do you do that where somebody would hire you to coach their team? And how does that? Yeah. yeah? Uh, so, yeah. So I do that. I work with companies and um, yeah, it's the company that kind of picks a certain individuals, a certain number of individuals and so I will, um, as I said, I coach one-on-one. So I will mm. m- be meeting in the same way as, you know, what in just an mm. individual outside of the company, I will be meeting for that first conversation where we kind of have a goal setting session of like, you know, the company is investing in you. Like, what do you want to get out of it? Um, mm-hmm. And it's just an exploratory conversation about what they could really get out of it. And then we kind of go on to the program. So it could be like, for example, there's been eight people within one organization. At, at one time that I was coaching, everybody, every single individual had a different path. Course, but they yeah. all achieved the goals that they set out to achieve. Brilliant. Yeah, so, I mean, for anybody listening, that's a, a great Christmas present for your team. Yes, Honestly, absolutely. I think that's, that's brilliant. It's the best yeah, one. I mean, what, what... <laughs> for like I think, a, good, uh, um, a good wrap, a good wrap, like yeah. a powerful end of 2022 and to like, it's yeah, brilliant. knowing yeah. that 2023 it's, will be a powerful one. It's it's funny because I think like somewhere probably after 30, you start realizing that like the best investment is in yourself. But before that... Yeah, I mean, think people would be lucky to have, you know, somebody in their management who can do that for them because it, it's really, it's really invaluable. Um, I'm, I'm literally like, I'm ashamed to say that, but my son, one of my sons who is 13 said something, um, lately there was something in the lines of, oh, my mom, mom, I'm so sick of working without being paid. I'm like, what do you mean? Like going to school, <laughs> going to school. Can you imagine? <laughs> Like I'm sick of working. I'm like, don't don't start me on that. What do you mean we're doing work without being paid? I like I'm doing like coaching things and you know sessions and learning all the time, and I have to pay for it. <laughs> so yeah, I mean people. I guess young people don't appreciate that. Now I sound like an old person. No, oh. not yet. <laughs> that's okay. I mean, it also has its phase and its charm, I would say. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I have a couple of um, young leaders, like um, late 20s that I coach. And I'm like, mm. wow, this, this, you know, exactly as you said, I'm like, this is the best time. <laughs> if I know, you know, if I would have known back then what I know now, mm. i there would have been not one doubt in my mind to to get a coach. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's let's leave it at that. Get get some coaching people. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. Thank <laughs> you so much. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank we you too. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Smart Branding Podcast. Feel free to visit smartbranding.com for more information and reach out if you have any suggestions, questions, ideas, or just want to learn more about how a good domain name strategy can help you build a strong and successful brand. See you next time.